Welcome to the bungalow. Welcome to the bungalow. Welcome to the bungalow. Yeah, this your favorite show. Cindy and Kale coming through. They about to let it go. Welcome to the bungalow. Relax, have a seat. Life-loving comics is the place to be. He's a comic book writer. She's a music lover. Things get a little crazy when these two get together. Life's a surprise, like unpredictable weather. But when you got someone you love, it just make it all better. Daily quizzes tell me, can you keep up? News of the weird, I know you can't get enough. Colors Comic Corner, yeah, it's where it goes down. Welcome to the bungalow, it's our playground, yeah. Welcome to the bungalow, yeah, this your favorite show. Cindy and Kale coming through, they about to let it go. Welcome to the bungalow, relax, have a seat. Life loving comics is the place to be. So, welcome to the bungalow. From a studio in the heart of Snake Mountain. Let's go. I feel like over the past short while of 10 years, I have fallen into a rut. <laughs> a 10-year rut? I've been in quite a, a rut. I've been in a 10-year rut. And I've tried on occasion to get out of this rut. But the problem is, this rut is so delightful. <laughs> okay. A delightful 10-year rut. Then is it really a rut? Isn't it more like a groove, if you would love it? Maybe. But here's the thing. I found, and every now and again I think about it and I'm like, I gotta change my ways. But ever since I started working from home, and you know this, I like working in my pajamas. <laughs> I like wearing pajama pants. But the problem is, I get into this rut where I just decide that that's all I'm gonna do. It's like, I'm just gonna wear my pajamas all day long, and if I have to go somewhere, I'm just gonna wear my pajamas. I'm that guy. I become that guy on occasion. Pajama pants guy. And maybe it's because I'm stay-at-home wife. I don't see a problem with that. <laughs> but I feel weird. Like the other day, Squish, Squish said to me, I think he said this, it might have even been this morning, Dad, you're wearing a dress shirt and pajama bottoms as you drive me to school. That was this morning. That <laughs> it, was in there when he said it. <laughs> and I quickly corrected him that wasn't a dress shirt, it was a flannel shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Stay classy, Springfield. That's right. So, as you can see, before the recording this morning, I decided to, to go and put myself together. And I'm going to try once again to put myself together every day to start the day. You know, you when you look professional, you feel professional. Well, I don't like this. You know why? Why? Because this means on days that I don't go out of the house, I still have to put a bra on. Well, I'm sorry. That's the way it is. If I have to suffer, <laughs> you have to suffer. This is, this is my rut, and it's the way I conquer it. <laughs> but here we are again from deep in a secret headquarters in the heart of Snake Mountain. Welcome to a new episode of The Bungalow. Did you think we wouldn't record another one? I know. People are, people are probably losing money right now. I like that you think people bet on if we were going to record or not. Yeah. Nobody cares. <laughs> Nobody cares. <laughs> But we but we to hear ourselves talk. That's right. We care. We <laughs> care. So, Cindy, tell us what's been going on in Snake Mountain. <laughs> well, we had Thanksgiving. Yes, but before Thanksgiving, we had an even more important celebration. I went to a cancer a kids cancer uh, gala event. That was nice, but. Did we we haven't we haven't recorded since my birthday. 
Oh, we have it. I knew that. I was just being obnoxious. And we know that my birthday is much more important than an event that supports children and helps kids that are in trouble. <laughs> that was a joke, everyone. I was going to say, here, come the hate, here comes the hate mail. Yes. But no, we had my birthday. It was a great party Cindy put together for me. It wasn't bad. I had some good friends. We bought a lot of booze that we ended up not drinking. So my my kitchen next to my office is flooded with big bottles of booze. It looks like Snoop Dogg's house. <laughs> um, it looks like we're getting ready. We are storing booze for the booze apocalypse. But we are not. We just have lots of extra now for well, a little while. Let's be honest. If the apocalypse comes and I know that whatever is imminent... I'm going to want to be really, 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 really drunk. Not me. I have to be mean when the apocalypse comes. I have to make sure I'm I'm fighting off the scabs. The what? Scabs. The scabs? Yeah, I think scabs. Scabs? Scavengers? I know, I'm kidding. There was a Molly Ringwald movie about the apocalypse where they she was a scav. I can't remember what the name of that movie was. Maybe Metal Storm, but I'm not sure. No clue. I'm sure someone out there knows the Molly Ringwald Apocalypse movie. God help us all. But that was a great party. And then, yes, yeah. you went to a wonderful event. I wasn't able to attend. But yeah, you were out of town. I went to, it was called Landon's Legacy. And it's a charity for uh, to help families with the financial burdens of caring for a child with cancer. Yes, it's, it's a very worthy cause. It's yes. really a... A lot of great people involved. I know you volunteered with them for a couple of years now. No, just this last oh. year was my first year. A year. I'll probably volunteer again this year, but yeah, but a lot of. I mean, it's yeah. a it's a cool event. It's a cool group of of folks. Yeah, and then we had Thanksgiving. Ate a lot of carbs. We did eat too many carbs. We invited no one over. Well, yeah, because then I have to put a bra on. Right, and I would have to. I wore pajama pants all day, and that's a holiday. You're supposed to dress up on holidays. Oh, mm-mm, mm-mm. I've seen the movies. On the movies, people are always very well-dressed at Thanksgiving. They're also rich. Yeah, but that's probably because they were so well-dressed. I guarantee you, there are more people sitting around in their Budweiser t-shirts and pajama <laughs> pants... <laughs> Why is Budweiser t-shirt the first thing that pops into your mind? Let's unpack that, back it up, figure out where the Budweiser came from. Because Budweiser to me represents the good old-fashioned mid middle-class working America people. Not Coors Light? No, that, well, never mind. I don't want to start getting more hate mail. <laughs> You're not going to get hate mail. I could have said uh, Little King's. Little Kings, my goodness. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, we had a great Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, I went to a convention in Dallas. Yes, you and did. W- um, I'm sure we'll talk about conventions a little bit more in, a, in the future, in, the, in a few minutes. <laughs> and then, uh, what else happened in the few weeks since we recorded last? I've done a shit ton of shopping. We've done a lot. Our cr- <laughs> house looks like Christmas threw up on it. I love it. And, and yes, and Cindy has done a lot of shopping for <laughs> gifts this year. So, there we are. We're all caught up. Yeah, that took three seconds. That's right. All right, well, it's been good. It's been good. 
<laughs> so what what do you want to do next? Do you want to what do you want to talk about next? Let's talk about the new segment we are going to introduce on our next bungalow. Yes, we were going to do it for this one, but we're slackers. We're slackers. No, we we're going to we're going to record this segment separately, I think is the plan. So we wanted to get this episode out yes. and not have to wait to record yes. this separate. But it's going to be called Love Stinks with Squish. Yes. And we have learned that our son, in his 11 years of life, is pretty wise when it comes to love and life. And He's gotten a lot from me. And Oh, my goodness. Yes. Anyway, so we're opening up the lines, so to speak. And he's going to answer people's questions about relationships and love and friendship and life. And Squish will be your life coach. There you go. So, if you have questions, keep them PG rated, please. Remember, this is an 11-year-old. Then send them to us. There you go. You can send them. You can tweet it to myself, which is at Cindy Bunn. You can tweet it to Cullen which is at Cullen Bun. You can tweet it to The Bungalow, which is at The Bungalow. That's right. Or, or you, can you can email, email it to us at thebungalow at gmail.com. There you go. Yeah. I'm excited for this segment. Boom. Way to capitalize on our kid. I'm going to pimp that kid out. That's weird. Wait, that sounds That weird. sounds really weird. All right, so like now that. I found, look what I found. As Right before we started recording, I found this little sorting hat from Harry Potter. Is that the one that tells you which... It tells you which uh, house yeah. you are in at, at uh, Hogwarts. So yeah. we're going to see which house Cindy's in. She's going to she's going to put the sorting hat on and, and see what it says she is. Let me see this. Ravenclaw! Ravenclaw. I don't know what the Ravenclaws are all about, but they sound cool. And I am... Hufflepuff! You are I am a, not a Hufflepuff. You are not a Hufflepuff. I am Slytherin to the core. Gryffindor. That and somebody's Gryffindor. So there we are. I found that right before recording. I thought it'd be nice to see which house we belong to. That was random and weird. I know. Okay. Well, that's it's my job to keep things random and weird. But speaking of question, ran, speaking of random and weird, we have a few more of our questions from our mailbag. Oh boy! To go through. So we're going to go through some of the questions. Again, we can't get through all of them in one recording, but you know we'll try to get to the most uh, most of them that we can. So here we go. Mr. McCobb asks... Oh, I know him. You do know him. Mr. McCobb asks, is the bungalow located at the back of the roadhouse? What does that mean? <laughs> That's pretty much what everything Mr. McCobb shares with us would be uh, a situation where we ask, what does that mean? Well, is it? Uh, I'm, I'm assuming. Are we talking about Patrick Swayze's Roadhouse? You mean the Double Deuce? Yeah. Yeah, I guess that. I can only assume it has to be Patrick Swayze's The Double Deuce. Well, it's kind of a bar, and I am drinking it, a Diet Cherry Coke and bourbon as we record. I feel like the Double Deuce is more of a straight bourbon and beer kind of place. I don't you think, think they don't have soda at the Double Deuce. They may not. And also, it's not Patrick Swayze's Roadhouse. It's Dalton. That's who works at the Double oh Deuce. Oh, my God. Uh, but anyway, Oops, so so th there we go, uh, Mr. McCobb, and you're... Did we answer it? <laughs> you know what? That dumbass question. That's about <laughs> as good an answer as it gets. All right. Um, 
Oh, here's one for both of us. I, I don't know. Did we answer? Shiro Kaboka asks us, what are Cullen's favorite projects that he's worked on? And what are Cindy's favorites? Have we answered that? I don't think we did that I one last time. I don't think so. Uh, all right. So, what are Cullen's favorite projects? I, you know, that's an easy one. It's gonna. Well, it's, I'm, I'm gonna cheat because I'm. Well, you said projects, so I, it's not. I don't have to name number one. So, I would say it's gonna come down for me to the Six Gun, uh, Harrow County. Um, those are probably the, they're always gonna be right at the top because they were such long running series, and I was able to tell that story. Um, in the way I wanted to and, and do exactly what I wanted to with those books and, and I was very proud of every issue of that series. So there we go. It's going to come down to The Six Gun or Harrow County. If you have not read said books, you can go to your local comic shop and and purchase them or you can order them. And if your comic shop doesn't carry it, then you can go to Amazon or any bookstore and you can get them. So there you go. Cindy, what are your favorite favorite books of mine that Why I've read? Why are you read? laughing? Because you don't read most of my stuff. I read your stuff. Really? Sometimes. Yeah, okay. There we go. Um, I, And you know this is true. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Bone Parish. Okay, I do know that you like Bone Parish. I love Bone Parish. I also liked Cold Spots. Well, there you go, everyone. And shockingly, if you have not read Bone Parish or Cold Spots, you can... Uh, <laughs> Order those from your local comic shop or purchase them at your local comic shop or order them at any bookstore or Amazon. So there you go. Thank you for that question that I was allowed that I allowed me to go and promote some of my books. Um Angie Polk okay. says, I'm interested to know if Cullen would ever entertain the notion of holding a workshop for artists dying to know how he how to get into what you do, and hugs to Cindy for putting up with my creepy ass. Well, Angie, you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) I like Angie. I don't have a problem with Angie or her creepy ass. Well, there you go. Um, That's a ringing endorsement. (laughs) We don't have a problem with you, Angie. Um, As far as doing workshops, I have actually done, I, I taught for, in St. Louis, I taught for the community college for... Mm-hmm. A semester or two, I did like you know how to do how to create comics. Um, so yeah, I've I've thought about it a little bit. I've, I've thought about how to put something like that together. I haven't. I, it's not something I've focused on for a while, but uh, you've been so busy, right? I mean, right. But uh, um, I apologize for my ice cubes clinging. Yes, but yes. So thank you, Angie. Uh, uh, maybe maybe one day when I'm not. Are you gonna? Is she gonna come? Are you gonna come to that, Angie? Because we may have a problem with you if you don't. Yeah. There you go. Um, Christopher Nisman asks, "Have you ever eaten the Scottish soup Cullen Skink?" <laughs> I wish people could see the look on your face right now. <laughs> well, first of all, the only skink I know of is the lizards that lose their tails when they're scared. Well, maybe that is it. Does Scott, does Scotland have skink lizards? I don't know. Man, I I have never had Cullen skink. I, I don't like the name. It sounds of it. dirty. It sounds dirty and creepy. I'm and gonna eat your skink, baby. It sounds that. 
Don't ever, ever say that again. I swear to God, that's the worst thing you've ever said. Don't. Really? That's the worst thing I've ever said? That, it, that's a terrible, it's awful. It's right up there. I'll wait the, till you hear news of the weird later. Oh, boy. You ain't even begun right. to. Um, Alex Jordan has sent me, it looks like these are so from. you're just skipping right over Cullen Skink. <laughs> yeah, we're done. I think it's pretty clear we've never eaten Cullen Skink. <laughs> I don't like saying it because it's Cullen Skink, but it sounds like Cullen's Kink. I don't like any of this discussion. Cullen's Kink, by the way, is going to be a new publishing, uh, a new publishing endeavor. A band, maybe. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I don't like it. So no, Chris. Um, Although I that. would love to go to Scotland. Well, yeah, that'd be awesome. Because my ancestors came over from Scotland. Yeah. Pay hey, Palace a lot of money to that bungalow email address, and maybe we'll do that. Um, so Alex Jordan has several questions that look like they're for me of course they are because everybody loves Colin Bunn well that's true nobody loves me whatever dude alright what does Alex want to (laughs) know Alex you are on Cindy's bad side dude (laughs) Um, any Lobo stories that I'm hoping to dust off one day uh Maybe I mean I don't know. The ones that won't get you beat up by Lobo fans. (laughs) Lobo Lobo fan. No, I mean, there's nothing that I can think of right off the top of my head that's like a Lobo story I'm dying to tell. Uh, I would happily go and write more Lobo stories um, about either the main man or new sparkly Lobo. I don't care. Um, I like both those characters, and yes, I would write more. But I can't think of there's one that uh, there's not one that I can think of that uh, you know I'm. I've had, you know, in my back pocket for a while. Tell your tell your Lobo story from uh, Memphis when we went to that comic, that convention. Well, that's been, that was right when my Lobo series was coming out. Yeah. And we were at a, a convention in Memphis, Tennessee, and I was walking to the, I walked, I went out, I left the table, and I went walking to the restroom, and as I come out of the restroom, this guy, that I don't know who he was, I'd never seen him before, he was just like working another table, he goes, hey, hey man. Lobo's looking for you, <laughs> and uh, and I was like, uh, okay, that's weird, but all right. And I went back to my table, and a few minutes later, this dude comes walking up who was like a really great cosplay of Main Man Lobo. You know, dreads and the hooks and the boots, and I mean, he really was pulling off Main Man Lobo. <laughs> and I saw him coming up, so as he walked up, I was like, I heard you got a problem with me, Lobo. And he reaches around and he pulls out of his back pocket a crumpled up issue one of My Lobo Run. He's like, I do have a problem with you. And he threw that on the table. He's like, what the hell is this? Uh, and uh, and he was uh, he was grumping on My Lobo series because he likes main man Lobo so much. Um, but he ended up, he was a very nice guy. He was, yeah. Uh, and, and he ended up buying some other books from me. So hopefully- but I'm always going to remember that because I was sitting at the table and he walked up and I was like... Am I about to witness my husband get knocked out by this dude? What is going on? Well, the day I get knocked out by Lobo, everybody has already been knocked out by Lobo. Oh, my gosh. So, anyway. uh, Alex also asks, have we seen the last of Helheim? Uh, I hope not, Alex, but, you know, it's always been intended that I was going to do three Helheim series. Uh, I was going to do Helheim, Brides of Helheim, and Sons of Helheim. The difficulty is, Joel Jones, the artist on Helheim, 
is very busy on numerous other projects right now. So if we do another one, it's probably not going to be with Joel. And finding an artist who can kind of carry the torch without being a jarring departure from Joel's art is the challenge. So there we go. I hope so. Uh, did you have a Spider-Man Season 2 idea? This um, is still Alex? Yes, this is Alex. Gosh, Alex. I know, Alex wants to monopolize the bungalow. Um, Spider-Man Season 2, uh, no, not really. Uh, Spider-Man Season 1 was very specific on what it what it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be like the first, uh, you know, take place within the first couple of issues of Spider-Man's, you know, existence as Spider-Man. So if there had ever been a Spider-Man Season 2, it would have probably just taken place in the next five issues or so. So it, it was not one I, I thought too much about. But it was also always... It was never presented to me as something that would continue to happen. It was it was always Spider-Man Season 1 and that's it. It was just sort of a, a Season 1 initiative with Marvel. Um, so there's that. And then let me see if we have any other questions we can get to today. I'm trying to find one that Cindy is also... Oh, don't worry about that. Oh, wait. Chad McDaniel asks, Hello, Buns. What is your favorite non-comic book? First of all, hello, Chad, and thank you for including me. <laughs> Chad, you are... Slytherin. Slytherin. Good for you, buddy. <laughs> Welcome to the party. No. All right. You so, go. You go. Uh, mine's real easy. Uh, I, I've long said this is my favorite uh, favorite novel. Not only one of my favorite horror novels, although it's not 100% horror. It's by a horror writer, or a writer who's, who's primarily a horror writer. But my favorite book is Boy's Life by Robert McCammon. It's a great, a great novel. It's a, sort of a coming-of-age story. It tells you know the story of this kid growing up in Zephyr, Alabama, and all the weird strange things that seem to happen around you when you're a kid and, and how those all shape your life. And there's also a murder mystery to it. But uh, Boy's Life, amazing book. Uh, if you haven't read it, you definitely should. My favorite non-comic book is... It's going to sound kind of cliche, but it, it's the truth. It's The Great Gatsby. Yeah, that's a great book. I love the book The Great Gatsby. And if you don't know what that's about, then I don't know what to tell you. don't know what to tell you. Don't know what to tell you, Chad. But there you go. So there's a few questions. We'll try to get some more next time. Um, we just have a lot to... I know you're, you're chomping at the bit to get to some of your news of the weird, but before we do that... Let's do... Oh, no. Please don't. Oh, God. Go ahead. Do it. I'm going to change it up today. Okay. Change. I'm sure that sounded wonderful. Colin's Comic Corner! Yep. Um... <laughs> <laughs> so not a whole lot with com. I mean, I'm working on right now. I'm in what I would consider sort of a, a preparatory phase of work. I'm doing a lot of pitches and a lot of reaching out to editors and a lot of stuff. I'm trying to get in in the progress. You know, a lot of comics I'm trying to get going um, for next year. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of that. Um, but I do want to talk. We talked about conventions, and I just came back from from Dallas. Dallas. And uh, and that was a first of all. Let me tell you my highlight of my Dallas. Is uh, is I had a couple of people come by. Uh, Josh, I won't give the last name because I don't know if he wants last names out. Josh and his lovely wife came by and gave me uh, a bottle of of honey honey bourbon. 
jo- that was from Josh. Yeah, and that's his a, wife. yeah, yeah. Uh, Thank you, Josh. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's silver, silverback honey bourbon. I should have brought the bottle in here before we started recording, but yeah, silverback honey bourbon. It's out of uh, Virginia. Um, it's really, really yeah. good stuff. We, <laughs> we tried it. it. It reminds me of uh, some. It's called uh, Lago- uh, no, no, not Lago- Viking blood. Viking blood. Uh, which is also sort of a honey bourbon, but this this is just really good stuff. It's very smooth. You can drink it over ice and, and really enjoy it. Um, so thank you uh, yes. so much for bringing that bottle of bourbon my way. Um, I our way, uh, our way. <laughs> it was I was at the convention. You weren't, but it was for the bungalow. Yes. Okay. So thank you for bringing the bottle of bourbon for the bungalow. It was great. At future conventions, if other people want to follow in Josh's footsteps, please. <laughs> Do so. Um, uh, so there was that. Uh, the Dallas was a good trip. What about? Wasn't there? Uh, wasn't there somebody at the convention that told you they were expecting? Well, that was Josh and his. That was and Josh his wife, and his yes. wife. And congratulations okay. to them. Yes, for that. congratulations. Yeah. So um, other than that, you know, it was it was a fine. You know, it, it was a, a smaller convention. It was a fine time. Um, the way back was, I, I was, I didn't feel good most of the convention for some reason. And then on the way back, we had a blowout and we're stranded in, uh, whatever state we were in at the Oklahoma. time. Yeah, yeah, we were in Oklahoma. So we're stranded in the middle of the highway at midnight. But, you know, hey, that, that happens sometimes. Um, but one of the things I wanted to talk about, and I posted this on Twitter the other day and, and got a lot of comments on it. Is throughout my career in comics, I've never, uh, I've gone to many conventions, many signings, and I've never charged for signatures. Um, and I'm afraid I've reached a point in my career, and honestly, I think just conventions, the 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 landscape of conventions and signatures is changing anyway. Um, that I can no longer just sign everything for free like I have. Right. I've considered this for years. I've struggled with it. I don't want to do it, but I've got to, you know, I think I'm reaching a point where I have to change things. Because I can tell you that at that convention, almost everybody except me was charging. Um, I, it, I, I see that at almost every convention now. Um, and, uh, you know, like I said, the landscape's changing. It's just what it is. And I've gone back and forth with what I'm going to do. So I think going into to 2020, um, my new plan is uh, I'm going to sign up to five books for free. After that, I'm charging probably five bucks a signature. I think that's fair. And then for comic books that are witnessed for CGC or CBCS or anything, I'm going to charge ten bucks flat across. I'm always going to charge ten bucks for witnessed comics. Whether it's one. One or whatever. Um, I think... I don't want to price gouge people. And, of course, if someone buys something from the table, then I'll sign that for free. Um, but uh, I don't want to price gouge people. I don't, want to, I don't want people to think I'm trying to take advantage of them. But, you know, I'm signing, in some cases, hundreds and hundreds of comics for people. Right. And, uh, and I love the support. I love, you know, I, I, I greatly appreciate it. it. This is not about me trying to... to to rip people off. It's not about ego. I had one guy on Twitter who really got on my case and said that, you know, the, the nerve and ego of a comic book creator to, uh, to 
try to get more money from people who have paid money to travel to a convention and paid money to get into a convention. Um, and I, I get where he's coming from, but that's why. And, and and I know that there are people who said they they hate the idea of having to charge or having to pay for a signature. And you don't have to. If it's five books, you don't have to pay for a signature. You're going to get those books signed. Um, but you, you know, realize that you're going to get people who are going to say here. I'm going to give you five. You take them up and get them signed. I'm going to give well, you five. We'll, you take we'll them up see how it signed. goes. I said I'm trying this, right? And yeah, I mean, that's that's fine. I know people will do that. Um, the, the thing that gets me is the people that that you can tell are selling the books. Well, yeah, and there's some that give me, you know, some dealers who come up and they give me boxes and they say, here here's money for you to sign these books. And so I'm just really holding everybody else to the same kind of standard mm-hmm. to it. Um, but no, you know, the guy who said I was I was ego- being egotistical about it, I, I, I just want everybody to understand, uh, m- you know, I, right now I do mainly go to conventions that are inviting me, meaning they've put me up in a hotel and hopefully, not always, but hopefully handle travel and things like that. And I still... Every convention I go to, I lose a ton of money because yes. I don't get to work, right. and and like you know, it's just very rare. I, I ne- almost never break even going to a convention. It's always, uh, you know, financially, it's a losing proposition. I go because I like being there. I like interacting with readers. I like talking to people. Um, I like introducing new people to my work, but. Uh, but these conventions are becoming a, a very big. They can be a very big financial burden, and going to them frequently is, you know, can be uh, can be a problem. And and not every convention I go to, you know, I have at least one or two on the docket for next year that is not paying for my travel right. or paying for you know anything. So, um, you know, it's just it's it's what I got. It's what I have to do now. If I go to a comic book store and do a signing. My plan is I don't charge for signatures there, sure. except in you know I had one comic book retailer who said no, no, let's still charge <laughs> because the comic book retailer would like to you know make a little money from your visit, and if that's what the co- the retailer plans on doing, then that's the retailer's plan. Right. But when I do comic book store signings, of course I'm not going to si- I'm not going to charge for signatures there, um, but uh, or at least that's my plan. But anyway, I, I'm just putting that out there. If you guys have thoughts on it, I'd love to hear them. You can share them on Twitter and Facebook and everything else. Um, but that's I just wanted to, to throw that out there. This is the first place I've kind of outlined what my plan is, and and hopefully that you know, hopefully people understand. But uh, you know, it is what it is. I mean, the other option is I can stop going to conventions altogether. Don't do that. Um, so anyway. Uh, I think that's pretty much all with comics. So now it is time, Cindy, for you to do your favorite part of the show, your news of the weird. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. I have many stories. I'll try to keep them as brief as possible. Okay. I have not heard any of these stories. We don't discuss these beforehand. So this is the first time I'm hearing them, unless I have stumbled over it myself. So, first story is about Ryan Bishop. Lives in Arizona. Okay? Okay. He's driving along on a Sunday afternoon, going to the fairgrounds, and he has a taco, 
And he decides... Hold on. He's driving and having a taco at the same time? Right? That's what I thought, too. Who who can do that? That's right. talent. I'm saving that. I'll, 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 I'll comment on that, but finish your story. Well, he usually drives with his window down and his arm on the, on the window. You know, the... the you know what I'm trying to say, yes, right? Yes. Well, he had a taco. He didn't want the wind blowing the middle of the taco out the window, so he rolled his window up to eat his taco. Yeah. As he's driving, he hears this explosion in his window. And he looks over, and he thinks, did, did a rock just hit my window? Because his, his window shattered. Right. So then the dummy pulls over, gets out of his car to inspect, mm-hmm. and he hears a pew, 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 pew. There's people shooting. So then he jumps back in his car and drives away, and he gets to another place, and he stops and calls the police, and the police come. And long story short, he basically attributes this taco to saving his life. Because had he not closed his window, the bullet wouldn't have gone through the glass. It would have went, just went straight through and probably shot him. And when the police got there, they found the, the bullet casing on his dashboard. And did the cop take off his sunglasses and say, that was Nacho Bullet? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, so that's, uh, that's an interesting story. I've long attributed tacos as being a miraculous, uh, miraculous items, and they do save people. However, mm-hmm. we can all agree tacos are the worst thing to eat while driving. Why would you even want to eat a taco while you're driving? A salad might be worse. I don't know, but a taco while you're driving? A bowl of soup? Eat that taco <laughs> in the parking lot. That's where they taste the best. If you go to Taco Bell... The taco will never taste better than it will if you immediately pull out of the drive-thru, stop, and eat that taco right there in the parking lot. It'll never taste better. So don't drive with it. I'm not disagreeing with you on that. The food that is best to eat while driving, you can eat like a like a plain hamburger. You like, can't even eat like a Whopper. No, Whoppers are terrible. I almost had a horrible accident trying to eat a Whopper while driving one time. Um, Whoppers are bad. Chicken nuggets are great. Chicken nuggets, perfect driving. What if you want to dunk them? Well, that makes it more. Dip- no, plain chicken nugget. Well, what's the point of a chicken nugget if you don't put dippy sauce on it? Still chicken. Is it really? It well, it's chicken like. <laughs> um, but no, uh, so that's great. I'm glad that his uh, stupidity in trying to eat a taco while driving saved his life. But stupidity doesn't often. Save people's lives. Look, I know that if we look around the world, you're going to see people who do stupid things and are rewarded for it, and this is a prime example of that. But still, don't try to do stupid in hopes of getting rewarded for it. Right. But if you think about it, there may be something here. Like, Mexican food may save lives. Because the taco saved this guy. I don't know if you'll remember, but a few months ago, I talked about the guy in Oregon who he was stranded in his vehicle. I think it was during oh, the yeah. snowstorm. Oh, yeah, and he had... And him and his dog lived packages. on taco sauce hot sauce packets yeah. for five days until somebody came and rescued him. Well, hmm? the the bitter irony of tacos saving lives, the life your life though, is that cholesterol will kill you. And there you go. Oh my gosh! But good good to Ryan or Brian in Arizona Ryan. for 
That Ryan was, Harris, I believe. Well, no, Ryan Bishop. Ryan well, Bishop. I, I don't agree with you eating tacos while driving, but I'm glad it saved your life. Right. Speaking of food, mm-hmm. we just talked about Thanksgiving. I haven't eaten today, so I'm very hungry. Well, this will probably make you more hungry. We're ta- Apparently, I'm hungry, too, because I talked about tacos, and I'm talking about this. Mm-hmm. So, Green Giant. Ho, ho, ho. Green Giant. Ding! <laughs> um, they cooked up 1,009 pounds of green bean casserole to break their own Guinness Book of World Record record. The previous record was 637 pounds of green bean casserole, and that was in 2017. Who ate it? What do they do with the food? Well, on this one, I can tell you, it was there was it was ten chefs that cooked it, and then they divvied it up and served it to about three thousand seniors in New York's Meals on Wheels program. Well, that's nice. That's good. Yeah, but yeah. Let's be honest, though. I mean, Green Giant has cooked up a heck of a marketing program there. But it's a, it's a little bit of misdirection. Yes, green bean casserole is delightful. But is it because of the green beans? No. It's because of those crispy onions on oh top. Oh, my God. That's what makes a green bean casserole delightful. So the green bean, the, the crispy onion people should do... Durky? Durky should Durky do a giant <laughs> green bean casserole. They should try to break that record next year. But they used 1,069 cans of green beans. They used 485 cans of mushroom soup. They used 65 quarts of milk and 95 pounds of French fried onions. They should have doubled that. Yep. And done even more French fried onions. Because that is the best part. I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. Also, green bean casserole, not easy to eat while driving. <laughs> Hasn't saved anybody's lives there, huh? Probably not, no. <laughs> All right, what's so next? So here's my next one. Is it about food as well? It is not about food. Because right now I want to go make green bean casserole and order tacos and eat them oh in a parking gosh, lot. Oh my gosh, that sounds amazing. Okay. To eat them together? Maybe, maybe so. Like green bean casserole as a side dish Maybe. For tacos? Maybe next Thanksgiving Taco Bell will release green bean casserole tacos. Ew. The shell is Ew. made out of dirty onions. Ooh. Right? Eh? Yeah. Exactly. All right. All right. Here's my next story. So there's this Japanese hotel. In Japan? Yes, in Japan. Okay. Um, and they only charge... There's one room in this hotel. It's room eight in this hotel. They only charge you $1 a night to stay there. But the catch? Yeah. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. You, when you stay in that room for $1 a night, you have to allow your entire stay to be live streamed on YouTube. Like everything. Everything. The, the, the cameras are already set up in that room. There are no cameras by the bathroom. They say the, the your bathroom is private. The bathroom is private, but is this a nice hotel? I, I don't think so. You didn't watch any YouTube videos of this hotel? No, I didn't. Know, no, <laughs> um, no. But it's, did you, Cindy? Cindy? No. Um, <laughs> that would be creepy. Why would I do that? Ugh. 
No, but this guy took over this hotel from his grandmother last year, and he was looking for ways to boost business. <laughs> Does his grandmother still live in the house with him, only it's really him <laughs> dressed as his grandmother? <laughs> oh, granny. But there was a granny. I must take videos of the people in the rooms. Granny. Is it an Irish man living in Japan? What is happening here? I just assumed if that's what he would sound like. <laughs> And that doesn't, that wasn't Irish. That was Norman Bates' voice being like his mom, only as his granny. You do you, baby. You do you. <laughs> All right, anyway, finish about uh, this yeah, creepy so, ass. So he got the idea there was a British YouTuber. Doesn't say who the British YouTuber was, but he, uh, he filmed, he live streamed his time at that hotel. So it gave the owner the idea to do this. I'm going to, in a future episode, really go off on a rant about social media and YouTube and, and the damage it is doing to us as, a, as, a, as human beings. But just remember this when I go off on this rant in a future episode because this is, that's, YouTube is, that's terrible. That's terrible. And if you want to watch it, the channel is $1 Hotel. I'm just saying. My goodness. Uh, anyway, well, I mean, look, if you agree to it, then that's on you. The, and, but I mean, you're being no filmed sound. in almost every hotel you're in anyway, right. I would think. Well, after watching Bad Times at the El Royale. Yeah, Bad Times at El Royale. <laughs> they all filmed They filmed everything. That was crazy. Um, but yeah, and the, so the guy loses. He knows he loses money by only charging a dollar a night to stay there. But I guess it's the advertising, But right? he's hoping... That once he gets 4,000 view hours on this channel, he'll start getting ads. He'll get like a quarter and penny. And he'll get, yeah, probably. Quarter penny. So he's hoping eventually it'll pay off. Well, that's a weird, it's weird, but okay. But, yeah, so there's that. I mean, if you know you're going to be filmed, you can be on your best behavior. Right. And not do any weird stuff that you'd normally do in a weird hotel in Japan. Right. But there um, you go. No, uh, no Cullen Skink. Happening. No Cullen Skink. <laughs> and that was horrible. Gross. All right. So, these two teenage girls, this kind of struck a chord with me, because did you ever sneak out when you were a teenager? I, I gotta be honest, I don't think I ever snuck out. Well, I did. I don't remember ever sneaking out, but okay. They snuck out, went to the Dollar Hotel, got killed. No. In a shootout that almost but, killed a dude who was eating tacos. <laughs> oh my goodness! See, wait, wait it's all together. Everything's connected. You should write. You should be an author. I know. That's so good. So anyway, these two teenagers in Phoenix sneak out of the house. It is Arizona, right? Okay, you were on an Arizona. Kick I was, I guess. Okay. Um. So these two teenage girls sneak out of the one. The friend is sleeping over at her friend's house, and they sneak out of the house. And they come back to the house, and lo and behold, everything is locked up. So I'm assuming parents got up, realized a door was unlocked, and locked it, or whatever. Mm -hmm. So they get back to the house, and they can't get into the house. So they're freaking out, trying to figure out how to get back into the house. So the girl that lives there, her friend, decides to climb on the roof. And... Decides she's going to go through the chimney. Oh, my God. 
And I don't like where this is heading. So the friend goes down the chimney, and I'm guessing the flue or whatever at the bottom was closed. Mm-hmm. So old girl is stuck in the chimney. She can't breathe. She's freaking out. Like, my heart starts racing just thinking about it. So, then they had to call the fire department. Took the fire department almost 45 minutes to get this girl out of this chimney. Can you imagine how much trouble those girls got in? Listen, kids. When you sneak out, or when you do anything that results in you having to sneak down the chimney, you are better off... Just admitting you were wrong and taking your punishment. What I would have done, I would have started ringing the doorbell frantically. And then I would have said, there was a person out here and we came out to stop him. But he's got six friends. Get back in the house. And then terrify your parents so that they think you were trying to help them. But then they're too terrified to to punish you. You don't think they'd catch on? Probably, but that's what I would have done. It's better than... Anything is better than let's crawl down the chimney. Have these people not watched Gremlins? Huh? All right. My favorite part of the story, though, was the quote that the parents were reportedly really mad. (laughs) You think? (laughs) So stupid. Seriously, don't ever sneak down a chimney. If you get to that point, just take your punishment. Right. So much easier. Yeah. I mean, that was so dumb. Oh, my God. All right. Next. All right. Next one. So, there's a distillery in South Africa that has created a new kind of gin. Okay. Does it not taste like a Christmas tree? It does not taste like a Christmas tree. Oh, interesting. It is infused with elephant dung. (laughs) why why because and it's called Inlov I-N-D-L-O-V or Inlovu gin Mm -hmm. and it it's known for having an amazing variety of botanicals well sure because elephants eat it they eat fruit and flowers and so the the couple that started this gin went on a safari and the wild animal ranger park ranger was telling them about the digestive process of elephants that they eat all of this fruit they eat all these flowers but they only digest about a third of what they take in and then everything else comes out I don't care I, I, I don't care it wouldn't happen but so they started going. Th- so they started going through the process, and uh, so they collect elephant dung. They basically sift through it and get the fruit and the flowers out, and then they infuse that in the alcohol. And like they've, <laughs> they have, uh, d- like they can. Like, it changes by the season, like, the flavors, because the different types of fruit and flowers they eat. Why are you tapping your fingers looking at me? (laughs) I didn't make this gin. (laughs) All right. Um, 
Hey, would you like a unique drinking experience? Inluv gin is made from elephant shit. Have a drink. The elephant never forgets, but you won't want to remember. But they they started tricking people, like friends of theirs, to try into trying it, not telling them what it was. I'm telling you right now, if somebody gave me a drink that had alcohol in it that was infused with elephant poop, first of all, that friendship is over. Second of all, I'm probably going to jail because somebody's going to die. Yeah, don't ever trick somebody into drinking shit. Right. <laughs> I mean, let's be, let's just, let's just, I mean, mm-hmm. really, there's the... <laughs> They're saying that the flavors <laughs> is is uh, a lovely, wooded, almost spicy and earthy. <laughs> with, let me, I can't even read my handwriting. And changes subtly with the seasons and locations. And they mark the bottles with the date and the coordinates of where the elephant poop was collected. I I am so angry right now at this story. I'm very mad. I kind of want a bottle not to drink. No. But just as a conversation piece. No, because what's going to happen? Yeah, because what's going to happen is you're going to get some jackass who's like, oh, I'll try it. I'll try anything. And then they're going to drink it. And that person is no longer my friend because they have drank elephant poop and I don't want to associate with them. It's a good way to, you know, sift them out. There you go. You know. All right. So, yeah. All right. You ready for another one? I got two more. All right. I'm ready. We have time? Yeah, we have time. All right. I love this one. So, this guy goes to a McDonald's in South Carolina. What is it with you and food and (laughs) elephant shit drinks? (laughs) You married me. So, this guy goes to McDonald's in South Carolina, and he orders a sweet tea. Mm-hmm. With low ice, extra lemon. Okay. Okay. So, he, I have a lot of problems with this story, by the way. But, so he orders this tea with extra lemon, which he now believes was code for drug dealers. I guess they were doing, like, dealing drugs through the drive-thru at the McDonald's. Oh, and you order something and you get... And when, so he when he ordered it with extra lemon... He thinks that was code for marijuana. And uh, so he drank this tea, and then he got high. They put marijuana in the tea. In the tea. Like, in bags, in the tea. Wait, they don't brew a special marijuana tea. They hide marijuana in the tea cup. in the tea cup. So when he ordered it with low ice and extra lemon... Alright, stop. I'm saying I have trouble Let's with this stop. story. All right, so the guy went in and ordered his four for four or whatever it That's is. Wendy's. All right, so he ordered his 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 Big Mac special value meal, yes. which costs a certain amount of money. Right. And he gets to the window. Mm-hmm. Does he pay more? No, he didn't. He this is a bullshit story because no drug dealers let him leave with Thank the money. You. I mean, if they trying to sell him, that is, I mean, he might have had marijuana in his teacup, but he didn't leave that place paying just for his Big Mac That's and tea. That's what I'm saying. But, but at the same time, if you don't know you're, you're ordering drugs, 
And you walk up to the, uh, you roll up to the the drive up window, and the guy says that'll be eighty bucks. Yeah, exactly. I mean, exactly. It no, this I call elephant gin on this because <laughs> this is not real. <laughs> but yeah, so he's so he drank it, and then he realized he was getting high as a kite. And I guess I don't know. I'm guessing he thought to open his. Teacup? I don't know. Yeah. And he found three baggies with pot in it. Pot, pot in them. In the sweet teacup. And he was like... But here's the other thing, too. I don't care if you've never smoked a day in your life. You smell marijuana. You know. You may not... I, a, this this story is... This guy's... Dumb, you're gonna smell the, the marijuana. There's something not right about this story. So, Yeah. So, anyway, but yeah. All right. So, be careful next time you go to the McDonald's drive-up. Yeah. Yeah, think twice before you order that extra lemon. Uh, well, I'm going to see what happens. I can't wait to see hear your reaction to this story. All right, let's hear it. Oh, so Josh Brolin. You know, Thanos. Starting the Goonies. And oh, I guess he was Thanos. He was too. Thanos. Whatever, he was in Goonies. The most misunderstood villain in all the comic universe. Don't care about Thanos. I liked him in Goonies. He was good in Goonies, yes. Um so he uh caught wind of a uh a news blurb that mm-hmm. had sorry, I'm a... <laughs> Bless Excuse you. Me. Bless you. Um, we get real on here, folks. Um, so anyway, so he's reading this news blurb on the internet about this new possible health benefit. Okay. So he decides he's going to try it. And it is sunning your perineum. I saw something about this on Twitter the other day. And I quickly scrolled past it. So, poor Josh Brolin was laying moon up in the sun, apparently. I didn't see it about Josh Brolin, but I saw something about people doing this. burn his pucker hole. (laughs) What health benefit? (laughs) There there is a... What health benefits? Please, indulge me and tell me the health benefits. Well, the, the doctor that was quoted in the article... Uh, the practitioner who calls herself Metaphysical Megan. <laughs> I'm out. I have checked out so much on anything meta- <laughs> Metaphysical Megan might tell me. Meta- Metaphysical Megan claims that it can regulate hormones and sleep patterns. And there was a picture. How I- well do you sleep with your ass burned? <laughs> well, he didn't. Let's have Metaphysical Megan as a guest on the show. Our first guest. Let's try to get oh Metaphysical Megan. Sure, sure. She probably sounds like that guy trying to pretend to be his grandma. <laughs> the Irish Japanese dude. The Irish dude. Japanese dude. <laughs> Alright, I'm finished. I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt, but come but, on, Josh Brolin. So, yeah, so he tan- was tanning his perineum and burned his booty. Burned his booty, infinity gauntlet. His booty hole. He burned his, <laughs> his infinity, he burned his, he burned his infinity stone. <laughs> and, uh... So then, so here's what got me. He was upset that he did it because... Yeah, because I was a dumbass. Because he was upset that he did it and burned himself so bad 
because it took away from spending time with his family. Because they had planned to go shopping that afternoon and spend the afternoon together. And because he was so burned, he was having to put ice packs and aloe vera on his nether regions. The phrase is, where the sun don't shine. Right. (laughs) So understand that there's no defense... Is no defense. Uh, like the crane kick. The sun will crane kick your asshole <laughs> in horrible ways. I think that should be the name of this <laughs> one. The sun will crane kick your asshole. And, and really, I want, what I really want to know is how do they do it? What do you do? How do what? Where where do you do this? You lay on your back. I mean, I'm assuming Josh Brolin has an estate, so he's got a lot of privacy. But you, okay, you do what? Let me show you a picture. I don't know. Absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> do not show oh, me a picture. Oh, come on. Just embrace it. I don't want to see a picture. There. Dear Lord. <laughs> there you go. That's how you tan your, your perineum and your booty hole. <laughs> I'm out. I swear to God. This world. So basically it's this woman laying on her back. And it looks like a pose that you've seen every infant laying on a blanket on the floor doing. You grab your toes. They grab your toes. They grab their toes and... Is that metaphysical, Megan? <laughs> it might be metaphysical, Megan. I swear. I don't understand this world. My, yeah. Poor... Dog. <laughs> I'm taking that away from you. <laughs> but, yeah. So, this just happened, like, in late November. Oh, Josh Brolin. But this is apparently a trend now. People are doing this. Well, there are a lot of trends out in the world that are stupid. Yes. So there you go. Yeah. That's, I don't even know where to, I don't even know what to say about this. And that's all I have for News of the Weird for this episode. Thank God. Because it's all, it just got progressively more horrifying. So, thank you We've for going from Cullen Skink. I don't this <laughs> Josh Josh Brolin's taint. If you have listened to this episode, it is because someone snuck it onto the internet. Because I plan on keeping it top secret forever. But sign us off, Cindy Bun. So long from the bungalow, where the air is salty, and so are we. Welcome to the bungalow. Welcome to the bungalow. Welcome to the bungalow. Yeah, this your favorite show. Cindy and Kale coming through. They about to let it go. Welcome to the bungalow. Relax, have a seat. Life, love, and comics is the place to be. He's a comic book writer. She's a music lover. Things get a little crazy when these two get together. Life's a surprise, like unpredictable weather. But when you got someone you love, it just make it all better. Daily quizzes, tell me, can you keep up? News of the weird, I know you can't get enough. Colors, comic corner. Yes, where it goes down. Welcome to the bungalow, it's our playground, yeah. Welcome to the bungalow, yeah, this your favorite show. Cindy and Kale coming through, they about to let it go. Welcome to the bungalow, relax, have a seat, yeah. Life, love, and comics is the place to be. So welcome to the bungalow. From a studio in the heart of Snake Mountain. Let's go.